It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, TGIF. Thank you. God, it's Friday. Thank you also for joining me today on the podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on all the many podcasting platforms today. On tap, I've got for you, we're going to talk about Alan Zinter just a little bit, the new Reds hitting coach. He was just hired yesterday. He was actually hired after I got done talking, or it was announced anyway, that he was hired after I got done talking with James Rapine, and that is the interview we've got for you on tap today that I'll get to right after we get done with the talk about Alan Zenter. But first, let's take a look at this. The Reds let go of Turner Ward, and really they just didn't extend his contract, really. And they kind of said that they looked to go in a different direction organizationally. They've done this whole movement where the coaches at the top, Derek Johnson, Caleb Cotham, kind of run the organizational pitching philosophy, not just the major league pitching philosophy. And I think that's what they were looking for in this hire. They bring in Alan Zinter, a guy who for the last two years had worked in the player development department for the Giants. Why is that significant? That is where David Bell came from. And David Bell, in his quote, mentioned familiarity with Zinter and that he knew him and he was excited to have him on the staff. And you know, obviously they didn't get too in-depth as to his philosophies on hitting and all that different stuff. But they mentioned that it's, you know, it's a good base. It's a good foundation. It's a simple philosophy, an easy thing that they can implement organizationally wide. Organizationally wide. Man, <laughs> say that five times fast. Anyway, uh, but with Zinter coming in, he fits the whole mold that the Reds have gone with their assistant coaches where they not only focus on the major league team, but also look at the farm system as a whole and all of the prospects that they're dealing with there. Zenter fits in as the hitting guy for the development phase. And actually, that was his title in the player development department for the Giants. It said that he was in charge of player development comma offense it's just i don't know it's weird the the title and they put that in the mlb.com article talking about the hire of alan zinter and i thought that was kind of funny i also thought it was interesting the interview process maybe you read it maybe you didn't but in the article it kind of broke down how the reds interviewed alan zinter they said part of it was done in the batting cages at great american ballpark with Dick Williams and Nick Crawl and David Bell all there kind of, you know, interviewing him, watching him work, because it said that Zinter worked in the cage with the team's translator, Julio Murillo, 
a former minor league player. So basically, you can insinuate that they had a machine pitching or they had a pitcher simulating at-bats with Murillo talking about Zinter's philosophy and how he would approach each at-bat, which that's kind of cool. I don't know if that's like, you know, the standard way that a team interviews a hitting coach, but that makes absolutely total, you know, makes complete sense there. And then they said the other part of the interview happened in Arizona, where Zinter spent the day with David Bell and Donnie Ecker, who was also promoted to assistant hitting coach slash um, hitting coordinator, kind of like what Caleb Gotham is, the assistant pitching coach and pitching coordinator for the entire organization, and um, said that Zinter and Ecker hadn't worked together before, but they seemed to have a lot of chemistry. They, David Bell, in a quote talking about the Arizona part of the interview, said that they have the same basic philosophies. They have different ways of explaining things, but the same basic principles when it comes to hitting. And a lot of the times they have the exact same thoughts on things. And whenever David Bell said that whenever they weren't repeating what each other said, they were complimenting what each other said. So it sounded like they worked really well together. Zenter in his resume, the last time he was a major league hitting coach was for the Padres and the last year was 2017. And it's interesting because the article on Reds.com that came from Mark Sheldon points out that the 2017 Padres weren't exactly uh, a good offensive team. They only scored 604 runs compared to 816 runs given up. And it's hilarious because they finished that season 71-91 and 91 and we, we always like to talk about the Pythagorean win-loss for the Reds in 2019. The Pythagorean win-loss for the Padres in 2017 says that they should have been a lot worse. They should have been 59-103 and 103 based on their run differential. And now, yeah, sure, I mean, you, you can throw that up there, the statistics as far as hitting is concerned for the Padres in 2017. But also bear in mind, they had lineups that uh, – boasted the hitting prowess of Carlos Asuaje, Eric Ibar, Corey Spangenberg, Yangervis Salarte. You know, I mean, we're, we're really talking about some big boppers here. Yeah, I, just, I, I think when it comes to the assistant coaches, yeah, it's easy to pin the run scored and all that different stuff on a hitting coach, but, I mean... It, it, it's really not that much involved, is he? I mean, are are we really going to sit here and blame Turner Ward for the way that the hitting was? I I he he's not the one that's taking the at bats. I don't know. I I think it's a good hire, but for lack of understanding as to why it would be a bad one, it sounds like he clicks with David Bell. He clicks with Donnie Ecker, and he has some good philosophies, according to David Bell. That's really all I need to know. So, yay. The Reds got Alan Zinter. Now let's go get some actual guys who are going to take actual at-bats in actual games. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment with James Rapine. Coming up, we're going to look at the offseason. We're going to also take a look at the Cleveland Indians. That's the team that he covers on a daily basis. I even ask him about one of our favorite rumors this offseason in Francisco Lindor. 
first, have you checked out the Vivid Seats app? Download that Vivid Seats app and put in the promo code POSTSEASON to get a discount of up to $100 off of your next ticket order. If you're like me and you're a crazy Bengals fan that still actually is paying attention to what the Bengals are doing despite the fact that they are now 0-7. By the way, check out the Locked On Bengals podcast, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. They've got a great thing going on over there every day talking about the Bengals. And they make it fun. They, they make the Bengals fun, even though the Bengals themselves are not super fun. But check out the Vivid Seats app for your next ticket. I was looking at the Vivid Seats app at Cincinnati Bengals tickets against the Jaguars this past Sunday. The prices were hilarious. You could go to a Bengals game last Sunday for about the same price as a nice ticket to a Reds game. And you don't normally see that. But that's mostly the Bengals. That's not necessarily Vivid Seats, although they do have some good offers from time to time. With your Vivid Seats profile, you'll be entered into a reward program. And it's not like you got to pay yearly. It's not a subscription-based thing. No. They tally up your ticket purchases and you work your way up to free tickets. Say that with me again. Free tickets. Free tickets sound amazing. And it's not just the sporting events. You could go to live concerts. You could go to stand-up comedy, Broadway musicals. Heck, if you want to go see some wrestling, some WWE, or maybe even some of that new stuff, the AEW, All Elite Wrestling, check out the Vivid Seats app. They've got tickets for you. Download the app and enter the promo code POSTSEASON for a discount on your next ticket order. And also, sponsoring today's podcast is... Blue Chew. You guys have heard me talk about Blue Chew for a little while now. If you're looking for a performance boost in the bedroom, go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB. You get your first order for free. You just pay $5 in shipping on the Blue Chew website. They'll have you fill out a questionnaire, talk with an online pharmacist, and then they will send the order to your door. There's no awkward in-office doctor visit. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Heck, you don't even have to go through the nice convenient drive-through pharmacies that some of these pharmacies have now. No, it gets sent to you. And what Blue Chew is, it's a chewable form with the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis, but it works quick because it's a chewable. Chew it and do it with Blue Chew. Head over to BlueChew.com and enter promo code MLB for your first order free. Just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Reds podcast today. For today's fun and Friday, I've got the architect of Lockdown Reds and the man now who is knowing everything, is knowing everything, knows everything about Cleveland sports. James Rapine joins me on today's show. James, how's Cleveland up there? Has it snowed yet? Uh, no, no snow. Uh, <laughs> weather pretty good overall, actually. Um, pretty sunny and, and comparable to Cincinnati so far. That's going to change soon, and I know it, and I, I'm bracing myself for that. But, yeah, so far it's been normal fall weather, which I will take any day of the week. Well, that's all right. I know that... Uh, got the Browns and got Cavs just starting up too. But uh, real quick before we jump into some Reds talk, what is the mood around the Indians heading into this postseason? Because it, it or this off season, it feels like just from the outside looking in that they're kind of standing on the edge of the knife and they could go either way. Is that kind of how it feels up there? 
Yeah, I think I think there's certainly some certainly some uncertainty. Look at me, um, uncertainty <laughs> when it comes to the Indians. What what do they do this off season? They're going to have salary. Like if their their salary for this past year, 2019, is the same as it is in 2020, and the budget is the same, they'll have some money to go out and make some moves. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Do they try to make a run at Puig? Do they try to keep him? Much like he was in Cincinnati, he became a quick fan favorite here. Certainly a guy, especially with the way he played in September, hitting over 350. Uh, certainly a guy that the the Indians could look at. Um, do they make a trade? I, there's all these speculation about Francisco Lindor. Personally, I don't think they move Francisco Lindor. I think he's here to stay for at least another season. Um, and and I, I wrote about it earlier in the week. I, I would offer him a shorter term. Everyone gets all these 10-year contracts. I'd offer him a five-year contract, $37 million per. You know, I, I would try to do that because baseball is weird with these decade-long contracts. You don't get that in football. You don't get that in basketball. Try to change it. Maybe he says no. Maybe he doesn't. But that's what I would do there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this, this Indians team, they're going to continue to build. I think they'll make some free agent acquisitions. It won't be Asiel Puig, if I had to bet. Um, it won't be flashy. But it'll it'll be – the moves they think that put them in position to make a playoff run next year and keep them in the mix. And then when the time is to, to push that button and, and trade at the deadline and add some talent, I think we'll do that as well. I think that's kind of their formula. We've seen it over the past few seasons, and, and I expect that to be the same. The interesting thing, and I won't keep going on and on about the Indians, even though I could, the interesting thing is that the Central is only going to get better. I think the White Sox are for real. I want to talk about a young lineup with Tim Anderson and some of those guys – um, I think that their their lineup is real. Obviously, the Twins emerged this year, uh, so it's going to be a pretty competitive Central Division in the American League next season. I'll be honest; I almost forgot about the White Sox because I was going to ask what the what the view is of the organization looking at the Twins and kind of where they compare. But yeah, I mean, White Sox are young, just about at every position. It feels like, and they, and they definitely have like up and coming pitchers, guys like Giolito who are finally starting to figure a few things out at least and uh, man that that is going to be intriguing to see because you're right like if they add a few pieces they can still remain where they are and be competitive to win the division but it's like if they rebuild then it's going to definitely be a, a big climb back up for a few years yeah and that that's the thing to, to me is you don't want to if, if you're the Indians, you don't want to rebuild, right? The, we've seen the Reds rebuild. It sucks. Rebuilding in baseball is awful. Never want to do it. You want to retool. You want to slowly get rid of the players that you think are on the down, on the back nine, on the downtrend of their, their career, and get the guys, that the younger guys, and slowly swap those out uh, so you can transition. And it's extremely hard to do. Um, the Indians found a way to do it this year, at least to a degree. They'll continue to do it this offseason and into next year. The thing that I think is interesting about the White Sox is, is who were they in on last offseason? Manny Machado. They, I mean, they, they traded for Yonder Alonso, even though he was done, just to hopefully have that connection with Machado to land him. If I'm them, and, and to me, I think they're a dark horse, why not go get Garrett Cole? Yeah. You can pay him the money. You, you go get that ace. You, you establish yourself as this team that, that is, is willing to go for it, and it really just changes the perception of that organization uh, if you're able to get someone like that now. Will he sign there? You know, will someone else come with bigger money? Or, you know, who, who knows the situation? But they're a dark horse. 
uh, in my eyes for, for a pitcher like Cole, because I think they could offer 35, 40 million per or close to it. And uh, that's certainly going to at least get them a meeting uh, with the ace from, from Houston, even though he looked a little rough the other night against the nationals. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly interesting and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, uh, and, and we'll see. And the Nats have quite a vibe going on so far in the World Series. I mean, there's people comparing them to the 90 Reds, and I'm just like, you know what? That's kind of true because we all looked at the Astros as if who's picking against the Astros, and then all of a sudden, wham, here you go, 2-0 deficit already. Um, now, And you mentioned the White Sox going after Cole because you see the value of the pitching. The, the hitting gets you there. The pitching wins games in the playoffs though for you and when we talk about the hitting there there have been grumblings not 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 as much rumors as some of the other players that the reds have been linked to this season but there have been grumblings about lindor and i know you mentioned that the indians probably aren't going to get rid of him because i mean why would you still got two more years of of contract left and then you can like you said sign him to a, a shorter deal but a little bit more rich in money and I'm of they, the they mind. They probably won't be able to sign him, though. And you know, you know, anyone that I've ran that by is kind of like, eh, he ain't signing that. They're gonna have to deal. So, it, it, realistically, that that path won't work. But it's one I would try. But but it doesn't sound like he will be in Cleveland long term. So I will add that in there. Okay. Well, and thinking of it in that regard, what if you are? the general manager of the Indians that is trying to figure out how to go about the Lindor situation. And you look at the Reds organization, is there a deal to be had? Oh, I mean, it's going to take a lot. It is going to take a lot. I mean, (laughs) let's, uh, I mean, just think about what the Indians got in return for, you know, a guy like Trevor Bauer, who they were, fielding trade offers on for eight months, you know, 10 months. And they are really like looking for, you know, if, if the right offer came along, would they deal him? Yeah. I think they would deal anyone on that, on that roster. If they felt like it made sense and made them better, but make that argument. I mean, who, who in the Reds organization are you dealing for a guy like Francisco Lindor, including prospects where they project to be anything like, Lindor. They got the the infielder from Florida, I believe, the first rounder. India. Um, yeah. yeah. So Jonathan India, but still okay. Right. So you you probably demand him in the deal. Um, who else are we talking here? I mean, are, are we talking about going the the route of? I don't know. I just I, I think that it would be too rich. Basking price would be too rich for the Reds um, because you're probably talking about India, Hunter Green. They'd probably ask for Nick Senzel, you know, like they would ask for a lot. Yeah. And if you're the Reds, you do listen because you are one of the teams that you did it with Otto would be willing to pay a Francisco Lindor. And I think Francisco Lindor is probably maybe not as good as Joey Votto in his prime, but freaking close. I mean, everything he brings, he can hit anywhere in the lineup. He's stuck hitting first right now, hitting leadoff for the Indians. But if you plug him in the third or fourth spot, I think he could be an MVP just like Lotto was. I really do. I mean, he he brings it. And defensively, he's elite, plays every single day, um, which might be to his uh, his detriment at this stage of his career because in September we've seen him kind of drop off a bit over the past couple of seasons, maybe because he's playing every single day. He literally didn't take a day off after the All-Star break. 
And if he did, it was in that final series. Like he played every single day. So it's, uh, you know, obviously had a couple off days in there, but it, uh, he's a stud. So I, I think it would take a lot. Maybe Hunter Green, Jonathan India, Nick Senzel. And right now Reds fans are cringing that I'm saying those three names. <laughs> but it would be that type of that type of haul, you know, that, that they would ask for. I, I would imagine at least. If I'm the Indians, that's what I would ask for. Well, and that's the tough thing too because in my mind, I'm okay with them going a little crazy with the farm system with some of the prospects and stuff, especially with Hunter Green. I think it, just in my mind, like – I don't devalue Hunter Green, but if he is looked at as the Reds' top prospect to deal, coming off of Tommy John surgery, there is some uncertainty there for me. I'm almost okay with the idea of him being in a deal. Now I know there's some there's there's a lot of folks out there that are just like, no, don't mortgage the future. But I mean, tell me this: if the Reds win the World Series next year, do we care what the farm system looks like? Tune in on Monday for the answer to that question and more as James and I dive into some of the ideas for the offseason for the Reds. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That's the best way to get it each and every day, and you'll get Monday's episode to finish the interview with James Rapine. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds, and say the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. I'm going to talk to you guys on Monday. James will be back to finish the interview on that day. Hope you guys have a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys in a few days. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.